Haunted by what's the what's the positive word for haunted? I am positively haunted by this image, by this little painting, a little postcard that. Oh, uh, when I was little, uh, I lived uh, with my parents, um, and we lived in a log cabin. And since then, that log cabin had burned down. It burned down when I was about nine or ten years old. But some of my most vivid childhood memories are. Are in that cabin, you know, in in that home, and and um, I I remember I remember just strange p- portions of the house, like just the the cracks and the it was all logs, and then between the rooms there were these tongue and grooves, and you could see all the nuts from all the from all the hardwood, and they'd all make different shapes. And as I was trying to fall asleep, I'd make out different you know, monsters or friends or clouds or animals or faces from from all the knots in the wood. And I just would explore the house for some reason, even though it was my own home, but just the, I was always enamored, maybe, by, you know, what might be lying in, in the little closet, you know, because it had already been lived in because I'm the youngest. So I was like, what am I, what kind of crap does my brother have here, you know? six years old and we had no television and nothing else so perhaps I was a bit bored but anyway uh, there's a steep staircase um, that connected the two floors it was a wooden staircase that I fell down when I was maybe three or four years old I broke my arm but I love this staircase and the the railing was a log that my dad had sanded down and polished so I still remember the feeling, you know, it's inside of me of like holding onto that railing and having my hands graze on the little knots where the branches were, where you chopped off the branches and you could still feel the bumps and they're still a little sharp. It wasn't perfectly round, um, but it was a beautiful branch. And um, at the bottom of that staircase, there's a little bathroom and that, that bathroom, I remember one time I was around a campfire and I pulled up a little sapling and in the uh, at the core and the roots of the sapling, there had been a wasp's nest, and I found this out because I had about a hundred wasp bites. Um, and I remember, you know, screaming. I was trying to feed the fire with this big fire going. I was like, "Oh, I'll go get a get a." So I tried pulling down the sapling. Looking back, it probably wasn't that big, but I felt so powerful. And then, of course, uh, nature nature uh, reared her ugly or beautiful power over me. So. I remember sitting in that bathtub trying to, trying to, you know, just screaming in agony from all the wasp stings. But anyway, in that bathroom, in that little bathroom at the bottom of the stairs in the log cabin where I once lived in Bethel, New York. Right these days there's a new house that was, we, it was built uh, on that foundation after it burnt down. And I helped build that house. There's a cherry wood floor that I helped put lay and... Um, by help, I mean, you know, not, I didn't do a whole lot, but I feel like there's a part of me in that house. But anyway, so in this little bathroom, there's a little painting. And as I understood it, it was a little postcard. And I was, you know, six or seven years old. So then you're like, oh, what's a postcard? 
There's a postcard that my old man had brought from Montana. And in this postcard, and I would, again, maybe it's because we had no television, but I would be glued, I would be sucked in, I'd be pulled within this postcard into the little world that it displayed, and it, it, it was so tempting. It was like it would lure me in. Um, and it was in this very, very beautiful, picturesque valley in the Rockies with a little stream and a little log cabin, and it was sort of nightfall, I think, and you could see the, the yellowy glow in the windows, and there was a, uh, a pillar of smoke pirouetted up towards the sky with the Rockies behind it, and then about you know, maybe within the picture, maybe 20 or 30 feet from the log cabin, there was a little outhouse. And in this outhouse, there was a a bear. There was a bear in this outhouse, and it was it was using all the toilet paper, and there was toilet paper strewn about everywhere. And beautiful, beautiful, you know, river valley up in the Rockies, and it was just the most romantic, picturesque postcard I'd... I'd I'd ever seen them. Maybe I hadn't seen that many postcards, but it stuck with me, and I think about that all the time, and the house burnt down, and it took that postcard with it. It took that image with it. It diminished that image to a memory. It's, you know... So every every few months, um, not every few months, about once a year, starting a couple of years ago, I, I scour eBay and I just put like little things. I'll do like postcard bear outhouse log cabin or Montana, you know, West Wyoming, uh, postcard vintage, whatever. And I'm just for the life of me, I can't track down this postcard. And it's kind of a little mini dream of mine to find this postcard someday. I don't know where it'll be. But if you know this postcard, do let me know. Uh, I don't know how rare it is, you know. But I have a feeling I'll see it again someday. And playing my Taylor Mahogany guitar today. I took a look at the case and I was like, man, it's been a while. I'm so sorry. So here we are. We're playing her. Um, how are you? What's going on? I hope you're doing okay. Uh, it's been both a very loud and very quiet week, not to be over, overly dramatic, but spent about a day and a half on the farm picking vegetables. Man, it was hot. Picks a bunch of carrots, some peas, some squash, some tomatoes, um, and whenever I'm there and I hear the cow, there's something about a cow mooing in the distance, and it doesn't sound like moo, you know, it's more of like a moo, a moo, and um, it makes me feel at home, man, and uh, again, I'm just so grateful, and if you live in Nashville, if you're one of our friends here in Nashville, Tennessee, then... By all means, uh, go to Richland Farmer's Market. I think they go to a few other farmer's markets, too. In fact, I know they do. There's CSA as well. Get some veggies from Bell's Bend Farms, man. It's such a special place, and I'm so grateful that it's there. This wonderful organic... I was, pick, I was picking squash the other day. I, I put a photo of this on my Instagram, I think. Um, I was picking 
squash and we had this basket and and I looked down at my basket and there's this beautiful frog just in there just hanging out and it's a species of frog that's only down south I'd never seen it um but it was just lovely to be visited by this gorgeous little creature and it reminds you you know just like if you're not eating organic then you're getting a veggie from a place where it's just that veggie and everything else is dead and poisoned it's just like oh my god you know and here everything's being shared by all kinds of critters and insects and birds and frogs and wildlife and it's just so special speaking of little critters so uh kate and i drove to chattanooga tennessee which is just a couple hours from nashville and it's such a beautiful little town it's it's a it's a little river town it feels somewhat ancient but also you know has that newness to it and um, I don't know much about it except that there's a great little art scene. There's a little arts district, and there's a, a hunter museum, the art museum there. Very, very cool museum. And there's a great, um, there's a great aquarium. There's a mediocre zoo, and there's a whole lot to do. It's really, really beautiful. So we went up there for a little mini, like just one day, a little vacation, just to get away. And we were there for July Fourth, in fact. Um, So uh, as we were driving there, uh, we were taking some back roads and uh, saw in the road there was this little turtle and it was trying to cross and I was afraid it would get hit. So I pulled over and uh, I went and I picked up this turtle and it's a beautiful eastern box turtle. They're these gorgeous yellow, they almost look like a, like a Herman's tortoise or something. Absolutely beautiful and it, it kind of hissed and then retreated into its shell. Uh, but I was fortunate enough to just walk it in the direction that it was going across the street and said goodbye. Um, and this is the second time this month that I've seen an Eastern box turtle. So I feel extra lucky. Um, really beautiful species of turtle, quite rare because they're quite stupid. I thought, well, they don't have too many defenses. Um, I wrote a song today called uh, The Dream Within a Dream, and I'm, I'm quite happy with it. I wrote a couple of songs yesterday, and uh, I've sort of maybe explicitly or by accident haven't been writing a ton this this month and the past couple of months, and uh, which is kind of relieving because I, I, I write quite a bit, and you know everything else is a lot harder for me than the writing, but I, it's still, you still get so, feel so lucky when you get a song, and you know, it's rarely up to you. Um, but I got a little song today called Dream Within a Dream. And I don't know, it's a fun one. I'm not going to play it, but because I don't know it. I just kind of recorded it and that was that. I got to like go back and listen to my ugly voice and write it down and kind of figure out the chords that I was doing. But it was it was pretty fun. Um
watched the absolute worst. You know when you want just a kind of silly, dumb movie and really hits the spot. Um, and we watched one of those the other week. I don't remember its name. Um, but, you know, just kind of like a dumb rom-com, and it just really, really hits the spot. Well, this one was the, uh, oh, my God, Failure to Launch with Matthew McConaughey, Zoe Deschanel, um, what's her name from Sex in the City, uh, Terry Bradshaw. I mean, just a, a odd but wonderful cast. Bradley Cooper, pre-crazy famous Bradley Cooper. Um, my God, was it an awful movie. Just the premise was... Uh, by the way, um, Past Lives in the movie theaters. If you haven't seen Past Lives, go check it out. I haven't seen it, but I've heard good things and I want to see it. Uh, back to Failure to Launch. Failure to Launch. What an awful dog crap movie. Um, it's like a 35-year-old still living at home. And then this woman played by um, what, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, uh, her job is to pretend to befriend and, and, and fall in love with and make fall in love with these 35 year olds for the parents, the parents pay her. And then she inspires them to move out. That's her professional job. And what do you know? She falls in love with him and he hurts her. And she, well, she hurts him. He finds out that he, that she's lying, that it's all a fraud. So he cooks them dinner and says, hallelujah. All right. Goodbye. And then walks out. That's my Matthew McConaughey impression. And uh, I don't want to even explain that. It's just so awful. And one of the, you know, all God, all the tropes. Like in this movie, they had the trope of like the woman who's hitting the man who's mean, but she's hot. So she's attractive. But she's always like hitting the man. Like, stop. Um, Like four times a woman hit a man. What the hell? Oh, my God. Just a dog pile of garb. Oh, just an awful movie. Uh, speaking of good things, though, got some Indian food last night at uh, Bombay Palace. Some Indian food at Bombay Palace here in Nashville, Tennessee. Got, got the goat biryani, and my God, was it absolutely delicious. Got the goat biryani, it was magical, and then got the their yogurt lassies, or lassies, Um it's just like yogurt with a little bit of sugar and something else, and it's just drinkable yogurt. It's like better than a milkshake, man. It was so delicious. And then Kate got lamb, uh, I want to say kafta, kafti, I don't know, absolutely incredible too. That was just one of those meals where you're just so full, almost drunk on the food, and you feel really grateful and happy that there's all kinds of good food here. Bombay Palace might be my favorite Indian food. Then there's the sad thing that we do where it's like, you know, we tried some Indian place and it wasn't great, so we don't go back there. And then you're like, oh, man, that's sad. We don't go back there anymore. It's just a bunch of nice people trying to make a living. But you're like, I'm going to take my business elsewhere to, to, to the one I liked better. Oh, just the subtle cruelty of this life, you know? Maybe it's narcissism, you know, thinking that your contribution is important enough to mean anything. But... Um, oh my God, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, before I get into it, I want to do a little song, but I had the best time there. I gotta say, um, okay, this is a cute little song. Let's, let's try it. Not mine. I'm sitting in 
station Got a ticket for my destination And on a tour of one night stands My suitcase and guitar in hand Every stop is neatly planned For a poet and a one-man band Homeward bound I wish I was homeward bound Home with my thoughts escaping Home where my music's playing Home where my love life's waiting silently Days an endless stream of cigarettes and magazines, and each town looks the same to me. The movies and the factories, and every stranger's face I see reminds me that I long to be homeward bound. I wish I was. Escaping home when my music's playing home when my love life's waiting silently for me. Tonight I'll sing my songs again, I'll play the game and pretend. Come back to me in shades of mediocrity Like emptiness and harmony I need someone to comfort me Homeward bound I wish I was homeward bound Home where my thoughts escaping that wasn't too awful what a great song um all my words come back to me in shades of mediocrity that's such a poetic way of singing of saying that you just you know you're so sick of your dumb songs you're so sick of your work all my words come back to me in shades of mediocrity i wonder i wonder if that's if that was like an intentional thing if paul simon like meant that or you know just sort of this lucky metaphor i wonder one can wonder So Chattanooga, Tennessee, uh, we got the cutest little Airbnb that, you know, it's always luck of the draw with the Airbnb, and um, but this one we just got, we got so lucky, it was so, so beautiful, um, this little loft above a garage, 
Um, and then the entrance was sort of in, in, in the backyard, like, all right, from my dorm, from my high school dorm window in Queens, I could look out and see the backyards of the, of all the Browns and like the rows of houses that you have in like New York city and other cities. So, you know, they all have little backyards and they all share them on each side facing the other way. And you look down and there's sort of this cozy, almost European feeling like, People are raising pigeons and have little tiny gardens and raised beds and just some are messy, some are clean. Um, and that was sort of the the feeling there uh, in this in this Airbnb. But gorgeous, beautiful Airbnb. The owners, clearly good Christians. Uh, very, very cute, perfect Airbnb. Looks like it was designed by Crate and Barrel or whatever. And then to contrast all that, there was just the most hideous painting above the bed of what I imagine must be Jesus and his disciples' feet. I mean, we're talking like gothic painting of a bunch of men's toenails and sandals, their dirty feet. It was like the most like kind of crude religious painting, uh, contrasting with just the most beautiful design. They left champagne and um, gorgeous wine glasses, really pretty view of a little mountain in the neighborhood. Uh, And then there's just, ugly painting of a bunch of old feet so anyway uh we've been to chattanooga and we're like you know it'd be more fun to cook right it'd be more more fun to cook instead of going out to some restaurant there that may or may not be good and i'm so glad we decided to do that underrated cooking in your airbnb um it kind of sucks because now you really got to clean it like your own home but it's nice to do that anyway i guess so Um, brought some chicken. We bought all the ingredients for a chicken Parmesan and we made it and it was so much fun. We, we, we brought a bottle of wine that is the most expensive bottle of wine we could find at Aldi. So again, the bar is quite low. We're talking Aldi's wine selection. We found a $15 bottle of wine and sort of bought it as a joke, you know. Um, but it was nice to be cooking and and drinking wine. I haven't been drinking a whole lot the past few weeks. Um, been trying to be a little bit off the alcohol for a bit. Um, but it was it was fun to it's fun to really taste the wine. You're like, oh, this actually is good wine. This is a fifteen dollar bottle of wine. I felt like George Clooney right there. I mean, it was just so delicious. Felt like a really fancy bottle of wine. <laughs> oh man, you know you're white trash when uh, fifteen dollars is. Um, or I just value other things more, which who knows. Um, but anyway, uh, went to this gorgeous little cafe in Chattanooga. If you go to Chattanooga, you got to go to this cafe. It's called Rembrandt's and it's got this like European stone courtyard with beautiful, uh, vines hanging over it like a tapestry sheltering, sheltering you from the sun and there's a little water fountain and the coffee's great and there's cute little pastries that were mediocre but fun and delicious. And then that's in the artist quarter, in the arts quarter, and you could walk around these little alleyways and then we walk towards the river and they've got this gorgeous like outdoor art installations that usually are kind of like bland or bleak or boring. And But these were really, really beautiful, uh, really meaningful or just interesting 
art installations. They didn't just feel like, oh, we're a city and we need public art and some, you know, soulless artist that took a bunch of metal that knows how to work with steel made something that they insist carries meaning. Uh, this really was just beautiful. They hit the nail on the head, uh, beautiful pieces, and you're just walking along, looking out at the river, and then uh, further down there's a museum, and um, walked around there, uh, went back, did all the cooking, and then later on that night, took it, uh, took an Uber to back downtown to the art museum, and then walked across the little walking bridge um, for the fireworks uh, 4th of July and the the walking bridge is a beautiful old bridge that's been retired from cars and from vehicles and you know it's a walking bridge and and just the amount of people out there and the amount of diversity for Chattanooga like well done man uh beautiful just whole families different cultures literally people are like going by with their music and doing fucking dances it was crazy man it was really beautiful, and um, everybody was just there to see the fireworks, tons of kids and people running, flying by on bikes and kids crying and playing and, you know, setting off sparklers and really, really beautiful. It's just a, one of these, like, scenes that you just want to paint where you feel alive. You're a human being. It's a tri- you're in a community. You're in you're where life happens, and it was just so special, and it's... I, Whenever you see that, you you realize how far you are in some ways from that. Um, There wasn't this, uh, I don't know, it felt extra ancient or extra human for some reason. It didn't feel like just a bunch of people at a concert or at a baseball game or, you know, in Times Square. It had this more wholesome feeling, uh, this more like local, humble, beautiful feeling. And walked across the bridge and saw the fire. There was literally fireworks going off in all directions and... Uh, can't say I reflected much on this country's independence this year, but that's an interesting thing to do for better or worse. Um, but I didn't do that and, uh, then took a freaking Uber back, um, passed out and that was that. It was really, really lovely. And then the next day we went to this gorgeous little glass museum that this woman, I want to find her name, Anna something forest or something. Um, this gorgeous little glass museum, museum, it's right across from Rembrandt's. And this woman, who I want to say was born in the late 1800s, um, she, uh, the Houston Museum of, of Decorative Arts, um, that's what it's called, Houston Museum of Decorative Arts. And let me get her name. What a special, strange woman. Um, our vision. Okay, Anna. Anna Safe Anna Safely was born in Evening Shade, Arkansas in 1876 and died in Chattanooga in 1951. Anna came to Chattanooga around 1904 and quickly became a fixture in town as a businesswoman. She was a shrewd bargainer and she began her antiques business by make by making pur- purchases from local farmers, often carrying furniture home on her back. She rode and traveled to dealers in the United States, Mexico, and Canada. Many of her purchases were made during the Great Depression. Though she had a limited education, this woman's fascinating. Kind of like a brilliant hoarder, but she was a collector. You know, she was collecting beautiful glass, all kinds of glass, porcelain, all kinds of cool glass um, stuff that I know so little about. 
Um, though she had limited education, Anna Houston became a noted expert on antiques. Throughout her life, she treasured the, collect- the collections more than her personal well-being, often foregoing food and the basic necessities. In the 1930s, she single-handedly built a barn-like structure where she housed her collection, her fox terrier, Sonny, and herself until her death in 1951. With the help of her attorney, Blaine Buckman, Bucknan, she organized a museum before her death and left her estate to what was at the time an unheard of 100 museum trustees to build a museum and provide future generations with an appreciation of art, glass, furniture, and antiques. The collection visitors of the Houston Museum are constantly struck by the quality of Anna Houston's collection. From water pitchers, um, there were trustees counted 15,000 water pitchers in her barn after her death to at least 50 collections within the collection. She amassed very rare examples of cut glass, satin glass, peach blow pitchers and cruets, Burmese glass objects, cameo glass, and cranberry glass. Manufacturers represented in the collection included Stubborn, Tiffany, Duran, Lowitz, and Fenton. Though art glass, I'm almost done here, but this is just fascinating. Though art glass was her specialty, Anna purchased early American antique furniture, two early American furniture, and even more rare Tennessee pieces of furniture such as sugar chests, corner cupboards, and tables are displayed. The collection also includes Anna's chairs and sideboards, including a hickory nanny candle dating to 1810, music boxes, scrimshaw coverlets and quilts, and antique German steins help round out a collection that represents many facets of Victorian life. Um, anyway, and it's in this gorgeous, gorgeous Victorian mansion up on the hill overlooking the river in the art district right across in that little cafe that was aforementioned. See, one day at a museum, and I'm using words like aforementioned. But you're walking through, and there was a, a good tour guide that was very thorough. It's like, this is what this is. This is what this is. This is, It was like every collection object and little tidbits about the different kinds of glass and how how hard or difficult they are to make and um you know just such a thorough collection i never thought if you were like hey do you want to go to a museum with a bunch of glass stuff i just i don't even think i could ever picture you know what you can do with glass i didn't even know that porcelain was a form of glass um i didn't even know that i don't know there's all different kinds of glass and different colors and stuff i've seen i've been to a glass museum before uh in pennsylvania where they make um a lot of like stoplight glass and stuff like that. And, you know, I've seen glass blowing. I've seen it in Asheville, North Carolina, but I didn't fully understand like just how crazy and elaborate you can get. And it made me really appreciate some of that stuff. And, you know, now if I go to a little antique store, um, maybe I'll, I'll be on the lookout a little bit more. Went to this little cafe, uh, wish I could remember the name, but Chattanooga, just a really exciting, happening little town. Went to, there was a, I can't believe I almost forgot this, we went to a fair. There was like, again, there was just this feeling of like, you're in the 50s and there's a little fair in the center of town and there's fire trucks and a band playing and there are frozen bananas and ice cream and tacos and hot dogs and there's a Ferris wheel and water gun games and I have this voice in my head, and I'm such a, like, uh, what's the word? Like, I'm a curmudgeon. Is that the right word? 
I'm just kind of like, I don't like doing, you know, rides and stuff. I'm kind of like, oh, I don't like it. I don't, you know, but I was like, I got to be fun. Got to be fun for Kate. Come on. She deserves this. And, you know, she's, and she's not putting any pressure on me, but I'm like, come on, get, get out of your freaking head and just like, you know, eat a hot dog, have a good time. So I was like, oh, I'll go on the Ferris wheel. So I, I get the five bucks, get a little wooden coin and they send you on this Ferris wheel and some kid is manning it. And then, you know, I'm going up, I'm swinging, and then you stop at the top, and you're kind of looking at it. You're like, oh, that bolt, that bolt there is kind of rusting. (laughs) I'm just in my head, man. It's so sad that I can't get out of my head and just enjoy a freaking Ferris wheel. I will get there someday. I got to figure it out. I got to let go. But I'm like on this Ferris wheel, and I'm like, the construction scene. Like, what's the regulation like on these? I mean... You know, how often do are they inspected? Are they checking in? What does this kid know about Ferris wheels? What if something, go, you know, I'm just in my head. But re, but I'm, at the same time, there's like another, the more hopefully, you know, regular human part of me is just looking out and being like, what a beautiful view of an incredible city. You know, Chattanooga is like a big little city. It's very interesting. And, um, beautiful nature around there. Didn't get up to as much hiking as uh, maybe we wanted or hoped for, but uh, had just had the best time. Chattanooga, Tennessee. Well done. Um, but anyway. That's that. It's been a lovely, lovely week, and um, I'm really excited for the next one. And I hope you're doing okay. Um, got a couple. I've got a little gig coming up this Wednesday at Anzi Bluths. This little songwriter series that I'm temporarily hosting. And then pretty soon I'll be traveling to New York. I've got a couple of little gigs in New York um, on I want to say July 28th and 29th. 28th, I believe, if that's a Friday, that Friday, right around July 28th. Um, I've got, I'm playing at Threefold Cafe in Rockland County in Chestnut Ridge, New York. A beautiful little cafe that I really, really love. I love the owner. Um, so I'm going to be playing over there. And um, uh, I think, yeah, and then I'm, and then I'm doing the, the gig with the chicks at Bethel Woods, um, playing on the little side stage as people walk in to see the chicks. I'm going to play with some friends for that one, which I'm excited about. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun going to New York. I'm going to do some camping, some backpacking, some canoeing. Going to really get after it. Um, So very much looking forward to that. Okay, I hope you have a beautiful, beautiful week. Thank you so much for listening. I love you a lot. Hope you have a good one. I'll talk to you soon. (laughs) Bye-bye.